everyone, and welcome to Behold, the podcast where we cast our all-seeing eye over the world of comic book adaptations and try to sort the super from the substandard. Who is we? Well, I'm your host, Andrew, and as usual, I'm joined by my co-host, Mick. No. You? No, I'm, I'm, I'm not doing it. I'm not ready. What do you mean you're not ready, Mick? What? What? Our prince, our king, our protector is no longer here. I can't just fill those shoes. So I'm going to have a, I'm going to have a long, hard think, a really, really, really long, hard think. And then maybe about 10 minutes before the podcast ends, I'll become co-host. Yeah. And what makes this bit even better that the listeners don't realise is this is just a repeat of a conversation that we had about 20 minutes ago when we first tried to record this episode. (laughs) Yeah, and the ancestors didn't bless it, so it all went horribly wrong. That's it, that's the problem. Is that we didn't consult with the panther god before we started recording. Exactly. Which I think maybe gives away a bit that this week we are beholding Black Panther Wakanda forever. I mean, to be fair, I think when you share the post and it's got a picture of Wakanda Forever on it, that'll give it away. And also when the title of the podcast is Behold Wakanda Forever. Yeah. But for those people who, I don't know, like, would just... Don't, ra- read, don't, read, don't read the posters for things they're about to click on. Yeah, so just scroll through Facebook, randomly clicking links. Yeah, Facebook ads love you. Sorry, meta ads. Love you. Yes. Oh, God, do you think one day there'll be kids like, what? what's this Facebook you're talking about? Mate, there are already kids who say that. Uh, oh, no. Facebook is so last decade, mate. Oh, my God. Mick, is this what you feel like all the time? I, I don't like this yes. being an old thing. I know. Anyway. Speaking of being wrong about things, yes, I know it's not called World of Wakanda, even though I kept calling that old episodes. That was to try and keep some element of surprise, wasn't it? Yes, that's right. Also, in my defence, World of Wakanda is like a Black Panther comic series about all the characters who are not Black Panther. Right. So it's, it's kind of similar to this film. So, so all the characters in this film, then? Yes, basically. Yeah. So, yes, Black Panther Wakanda Forever. So it's the 2022 film directed by Ryan Coogler, written by Ryan Coogler and Joe Robert Cole, and based on Marvel characters, Black Panther, created by Stanley and Jack Kirby, even though for, I mean, somewhat obvious reasons, he's not in this film. Uh, Shuri, created by Reginald Hudlin and John Romita Jr. And Namor the Submariner, created by Bill Everett. So, uh, backgroundy bits. I, I, I don't think I asked on the old recording. Mick, are you familiar at all with Namor? Uh, you mean the Aquaman with wings? Yes, that's right. Winged Aquaman. Winged Aquaman. Um... I, I've got some vague memories of him showing up against Avengers and Fantastic Four and 
characters like that when I was a kid, and it it was he was one of those characters where sometimes he was a force for good and sometimes he was a wrong one. Um, but he was basically basically a marine elf. Yeah, I, I think that's kind of like Namor's defining trait is he very much he does what Namor wants to do. Yeah, and sometimes that's going to be good. Sometimes that's going to be bad. Yes. He's basically Namor. You do you. Yeah. Basically, you know that bit at the end of the first Guardians of the Galaxy film where they have that whole speech about oh we're going to do something good, something bad, maybe a bit of both. Yeah. Basically, Namor is like that taken to the absolute logical extreme, where it's like, yeah. well, I'm I'm going to like destroy the Nazis and then attack all the surface world with my army. Well, you know, you gotta you gotta fill your weekend somehow. Exactly. It's basically, he's basically like he's playing a Bethesda game. <laughs> where he realizes he's, he's put too much karma points in one side, so he's got to like balance that out with something else. So he's just gonna go blow up the bomb in Megaton. That's right. But it's okay because then he didn't poison all the water supply in America. Yeah. So he's a hero. Anyway. But yeah, it's it's interesting that the first thing you said is obviously he's an Aquaman knockoff. And I feel like that's kind of quite a common conception for Namor. But actually, he was created in 1939, so two years before Aquaman. Well, I mean, to be fair, they're all knockoffs of each other, aren't they? Yeah, that's that's also true. They're like, um, 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 let, let's face it, they're both knockoffs of Neptune. Yeah, there are no original ideas in superhero comics. But yeah. But yeah, it's just... Well, he's kind of weird, Neymar, when you think about it, in that... Like, he was basically one of the first Marvel characters. But then for a long time, just, they didn't do anything with him. So obviously... The... Again, very much like Aquaman. Yeah, but I mean, even Aquaman. Like, he was on the Justice League. And, like, he rose to, I guess, infamy more than fame on, like, the Super Friends cartoon. Yeah. Whereas Neymar for a long time was just kind of off in the background. Like, I think it was basically like... I do remember there being some solo runs of Submariner, though. Yeah, I think... He's he's had a few series. I don't know if, it was, if he's ever been, like, a big A-list character post him first appearing. Like, I think he's more well-known as a supporting character in the Fantastic Four. Yeah. Yeah. Also, I think it hasn't helped it for a long time. His movie rights were owned by Universal. Yeah. Um, isn't that still the case? Or do Marvel now own him? I think Marvel like fully own him again now. Right. Because I did hear some rumours that there were some complicated promotional bits and pieces. Like there were very few revelations of Namor in trailers and things like that until like the week of release or something yeah that doesn't seem because I, I seem to remember most of the trailers being quite name or heavy i i thought that when i saw the article but it, it's it seemed to suggest that universal had put some kind of limitation on it yeah 
Also, I, also I don't know how that would make sense if Universal owned the character and they've leased it to Marvel. Surely they'd want to promote it so promote that it does it. well, so that they get whatever like cut they've agreed on. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, anyway, Namor. I like Namor because he's just he's just a big bombastic. Maybe I'm good. He's like he's like Sea Loki. He is like Sea Loki. Actually, no. Do you know what he basically is? He is I, th- I think I said Doctor Doom was in our last episode, but really more than anything, he is like Marvel's Black Adam. Yeah. He's the guy who like he's either going to be your best friend or your worst enemy and it just kind of depends how he feels. Right. And also, he absolutely has the confidence of a man who shows up to fights wearing nothing but a pair of green speedos. And some tiny, tiny little wings. Yes, his, his tiny, tiny little ankle wings. Yeah. I mean, he, he's basically trying to side with the bumblebees there, isn't he? And prove the aerodynamicist strong. He is, yeah. I mean... Even by comic standards, those ankle wings don't make a lot of sense, do they? They don't, no. Like, how how does he stay upright? Exactly. I think he'd just be dragged exactly. everywhere first. Maybe, maybe that's what this film needed. A dose of reality. Just needed a pair of pinking shears taken to the bloody first edit. Yeah, yeah, it did. Anyway, speaking of that, shall I move on to the synopsis? Oh, go on then. But please, make it quicker than the actual film. I mean, I, I don't think we have three or so hours, so I'll do my best. The, well, the thing is, it's a three-hour film, but the synopsis isn't going to be uh, sort of proportionally long is it because yeah it's three hours of not much yeah that was i'm hoping everyone listening to this has seen the film because otherwise you might not appreciate just how much of the synopsis is i'm going to go into detail into something that's like a few specific scenes and then we're going to jump ahead to much later in the film mm-hmm. and as always full spoilers for the movie ahead So, in a prologue, Shuri, played by Letitia Wright, tries to synthesise a new version of the heart-shaped herb that gave Black Panther his powers in order to save him from an unspecified illness. Unfortunately, she's unable to create it in time and T'Challa succumbs to uh, that illness. One year later, Wakanda tries to recover from the loss of their king while also fending off attempts from foreign governments to steal their vibranium. In the Atlantic Ocean, the CIA drill for vibranium using a new detector. However, they are attacked and killed by warriors from the undersea kingdom of Talokan. It's not Atlantis, Mick. It's an anagram. He confused. I thought I thought it was for a sec. I know. I know. I thought if I say it's an anagram, he'll look for it. <laughs> and you did. I did. So I'm happy now. I- Walked right into your trap. <laughs> so the it's an anagram, but only if you translate it into Polish first. <laughs> so the king of Talakan, Namor, played by Tenok Huerta uh, 
Mejia, I think is how you pronounce his name. Probably not, I apologise. But is it even behold if I don't horrifically butcher everyone's name? Uh, absolutely not. And let's face it, with those tiny wings, he's never going to catch up with you. That's true. Just need to, like, lightly jog. Yeah. I mean, and if he catches up to me, I mean, really all I need is, like, a hairdryer. Yes. So, Neymar uh, approaches Shuri and Queen Ramonda, played by Angela Bassett, uh, blaming Wakanda for the vibranium arms race that threatens his kingdom. He demands they deliver to him the scientist who created the vibranium detector, or he'll attack Wakanda. Shuri and General Okoye, played by Denai Guerrero, track down the scientist, but discover that she is Riri Williams, played by Dominique Thorne, an MIT student who has been forcibly dragged into events that she has no real connection to due to the machinations of an evil organisation. Don't you just hate it when that happens? I do. You're just walking, walking down the high street, minding your own business, and suddenly you're drawn into evil machinations. I call it Wednesday. Anyway, Mick, enough about the Walt Disney Company. <laughs> so the two try to save Riri, but Neymar's men appear and capture both her and Shuri. Uh, but they're saved by T'Challa's girlfriend and former spy, Nakia, played by Repeated Nyong'o. Uh, being, an, being an Aquaman of his word, Neymar attacks Wakanda and kills Ramonda. Oh my god, Ramonda rhymes with Wakanda. I, I didn't realise it until this very second saying it out loud. <laughs> uh, he then vows to return with his whole army. But not until Wakanda's had just enough time to devise a way to defeat him. Because he, he's a good sport like that, isn't he, Moore? Yeah. So, it's, like, it's like all those Spider-Man thugs that only punch Peter Parker one at a time. Yeah, it's the Secret Six, you know, before... <laughs> Secret Six. Sinister Six, even. Sinister Six? Secret Six is something completely different. No one knows about them. Unfortunately, you're right, even though that is a really good DC comic series. No one knows about them. That's how effective they are. Anyway, Shuri finishes synthesising the heart-shaped herb and uses it to become the new Black Panther. Uh, However, she has a vision of the previous film's villain, Killmonger, played by Michael B. Jordan, who urges her to kill Namor. Uh, then there's a big long punch-up in which Shuri is able to defeat Namor. Uh, however, she spares his life and then allows him and his people to return to Talokan. And then that's basically the end of the film, except for a post credit scene in which Marvel revealed that they hedged their bets because Nakia and T'Challa had a son also named T'Challa. Yes. And that took three hours, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, yes it did. Well, I think it's like two hours fifty, isn't it? But it's near enough three yeah. hours. The cinema I watched it in were at least kind enough to say there's only the one post-credit sequence. Oh, bless them. <laughs> yeah, God, I, I feel I would have been somewhat miffed if I'd sat through that whole film and then the whole credits. And yeah. then turns out I was waiting for nothing. Yeah. So kudos to them. But yeah, um, I don't mind 
the films where they acknowledge that a, a major creative element of the franchise has passed. Yeah, because that's that's obviously the big thing hanging over this film is that Chadwick Boseman did yeah. sadly pass away. I think pretty much just before they started filming. Yeah, um, you know, we've seen it in the past. There was a lot of tributes to Stan Lee, um, but they were like passing. You know, they were fleeting moments. Yeah. This this film is haunted by the spirit of Chadwick Boseman. Well, that's no disrespect to Chadwick and his portrayal of Black Panther and the you know the legacy of that, but man, you know, you know, you mentioned in the synopsis that the pre-title sequence takes place a year before the events of the film. And it's still like, you know, anyone sees a picture of him and it's, oh. And I just think it's a, it's laid on a little thick. <laughs> it is. Because <it's... coughs> I don't know, though, if it works better if they don't, like, if they just do a kind of, like, obviously pre-credit sequence. Everyone's quite sad. And then they sort of move on and then like just make some occasional references. Because the problem is T'Challa's the main character. I know. Like you're, I appreciate you're essentially it. trying to do a film no. based around a certain person without that person. And it just it just doesn't work. Yeah, and it You see, I I think Yes, I understand that the royal family would still be hurting. Um, and I understand that the nation itself might be still hurting. But this is a powerful nation that has a power vacuum. Their king has died. He's been dead for a year. Those movers and shakers who want to take power for themselves would have started doing stuff. That would have been a far more interesting build-up to Shuri uh, taking over than this. Yeah, and I mean, I think that's again another fundamental problem here is that I think you can do a very good film about the idea that, oh no, T'Challa's passed and now we've got to like, obviously do all this machinations with people trying to take his place the problem is that's not the film that like they'd already written this film and so they're just desperately trying to retool that to include the fact that again we've had to essentially kill off T'Challa and it just here's the thing because it, it's a phase four movie right it is indeed but Phase 4 is all about the multiverse. So it doesn't even sit comfortably within Phase 4. Well, I think from what I understand, there's essentially like going to be two main plot threads throughout Phase 4. Phase, like the multiverse stuff, that's essentially like the Thanos gathering the Infinity Gems, where that's going to be like yeah. the big conclusion. But then we are also going to have like this plot thread about 
like essentially other countries trying to get their hands on vibranium like apparently that's going right. to be what thunderbolts is about essentially right but we haven't i mean we we I guess we've not necessarily vibranium, but we've had other countries trying to get their hands on super serums and other stuff in first row. But they, I, I think they could have just delayed this and taken the time to write a T'Challa-less Black Panther movie. Yeah, either that or obviously, I, I think if you just said, you know, Chadwick Boseman has passed, we're going to like delay the film. You kind of obviously have a super morning period. I personally think it's kind of okay to then say, we're now going to get a new actor in. Like, obviously, we're still going to dedicate this film to Chadwick Boseman. His legacy is an important thing. But, yeah. like, he's created this character that means a lot to people. And we want to continue that legacy. So we're just going to let someone else take over and just keep T'Challa yeah. around. I, I think you can get away with it's just, it's the fact that because they went straight ahead with making this film, you can't just say, oh no, Chadwick Boseman's gone. Right, me in a week, get someone new in. Quick, Idris Elba. Just because he gets linked to every major That's role. True. That's true, he is like <laughs> always the thing. Yeah. Who's taking over from Jodie Whittaker? Idris Elba. Oh, um, do you think one day he... He will be some kind of Doctor Who just does that. Fine now, please shut up. Yeah, yeah. It's always him and, uh, and Chris Marshall. They might also do the same. Why, with why does everyone keep thinking Chris Marshall is going to be Doctor Who? I don't know. I don't yeah. know. But I think I think that actually that's the movie to write, isn't it? The, it's the mashup movie to write. Every. The one where Idris Elba ends up playing all the roles he's always been linked with. Just like James Bond meets Doctor Who. Yeah. Meets Green Lantern. And it, meets... And it's in the it's 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 in the multiverse of madness style of filmmaking. And he just keeps leaping. It almost like a quantum leap for Idris Elba. Doctor Strange and the interconnectivity of Idris's. Yes. I'd watch it. <laughs> oh my god, th this is how we finally connect like Marvel and DC together. Yeah. Anyway, th this is all a moot point up until Avengers Secret Wars when Kang goes, ooh, wibbly-wobbly, timey-wimey stuff. Oh, look, T'Challa Jr. is now played by John Boyega and he's Black Panther. Yeah. Because I, I feel like 99% sure that's what they're building up to. Yeah. That um, that has got to be the most tacked-on post-credit sequence I've ever witnessed in the Marvel Universe. That just felt like a... Right. As a bell, we've gone with what they did in the comics and Shuri has become Bat Panther, but just, just, just in case... Just in case there's a huge, enormous backlash and no, nobody's happy with that, we'll line up a new T'Challa. Yeah. I'd, I'd like to think this was as soon as Letitia Wright started posting about, like, oh, the government are using COVID vaccines to control our minds. Someone just whispered, activate the backup T'Challa. Yeah. 
indeed. But yeah, it's uh, it's a film. The thing is, I'll watch the film again at some point. I've no doubt. You know, when I've got a spare fortnight. But it won't be one that I rush to watch again. Um, and there are some good aspects in it. They're just overshadowed by this mawkishness. And and it's, it's like at every point where you think we've got over that now. We've covered it. We're moving on. Something else happens to trigger it all over again. Like it's the Killmonger sequence or it's this, that and the other. And it's like, no, really, let it go. Yeah, because it definitely gets to a point where it's just, okay, I, I get that we're being respectful, but this is definitely a detriment to the story now. Because, yeah. I mean, again, like we saying, because it hasn't been necessarily the plot of the film written around this. It just feels like it's not connected to the main story. Yeah. So, I mean, that this is why the film feels like nothing happens for so long, because it's so much, okay, we've got like 30-odd minutes of people mourning T'Challa, and then the yeah. plot starts. Yeah. And then we take a break I... from the plot so that people can be sad about T'Challa. Then we're back to the plot. Yeah. Then we have to awkwardly try and shove Ironheart in there as well because MCU wheels have got to keep turning. And, yeah, and I, and I think I, I think that is that's the other thing that that annoys me with it because I, I've read some Ironheart comics and it's it, she is a good character. She's you know there's a definite promise there for either a show, a TV show, or a standalone movie, and she gets possibly the most slapdash intro of any Marvel hero in the MCU. Yeah. So, so can I once again return to Andrew's nitpick corner? Nitpick corner? We should we should get a theme tune for that. We should. Maybe some kind of classy flute number. Do 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 nitpick corner. Or that. So, how does Riri Williams build a vibranium detector? Surely, would she not need, like, a sample of vibranium to test if it can be detected? But how would she get vibranium if all the vibranium is either in Wakanda or owned by the Talokanians? The Atlanteans, you mean? Yeah, I mean, should we just call them Atlanteans? Yeah. Or shall we call them the Unatlanteans? There we go. Just to differentiate them. Well, did she build the vibranium detector before being employed by the government or after? Well, no, because she also she said she wasn't hired by the government. So I'm just I. I feel like it was supposed to be she built it as like a school project but then the teacher sold it to the CIA 
but they don't explain it. What will what will happen, right? Is that in a future Marvel project, we'll find out that Riri Williams' um, science teacher was actually part of the scrolling version. Yeah, there we go. Probably. And and sold it to what it thought was a scroll that was operating within the government, and actually it just turned out to be a normal shield agent. Yeah, because one's an evil conquering force, and the other's the squirrels. Hey, and that's that's that kind of biting political satire that people tune in for. Absolutely, and you've you've had that in you've had you've had one of those in now almost as many times as you've as you've used the word machinations. I don't. I think we're like a good two each. Yeah. But yeah, I think it also kind of loops around to another issue I have with this film in general, and I think it's it's an issue that was present in the first Black Panther, but you're kind of capable of overlooking the science in this is just magic isn't it yes it's just a oh we need a thing so i'll press the make the thing button and now we've got the thing yeah and it's just we need to defeat a, an aquatic let's go let's go for it god uh let's let's press the print button uh, yay! Oh, actually, that reminds me. I, I was thinking that Riri didn't do anything in this film, but no, of course, she had the very important moment where she turns to Shuri and says, "What if we made the wet man dry?" Yeah, and th- <laughs> some sort of towel. Yeah, I mean, basically, that is Nemo's weakness is just towels. Yeah, throw a hoodie over him, and that's it. He's he's pretty much neutralized. Yeah, I mean, I I feel like we did not need a second super genius character just to think that up. No, and 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 I, I think you're right. I think that's that's why this film is a a poor introduction for Riri Williams because she is let's let's be honest to all intents and purposes the replacement for Tony Stark, and. If she's going to be the replacement for Tony Stark, she needs to be able to stand in a room on her own and be the cleverest person in the room. Yeah, it's also... Because with a lot of this film, I've kind of had my own theories about maybe what the original version was supposed to look like. And I don't know if maybe, like, Shrevy was still captured in the original version, but then if she maybe, like, spent more of the film... Like in not Atlantis, and then really yeah. was kind of like the replacement Shuri to T'Challa, and that gave her more of an opportunity to like show off her science skills. Yeah, because in this she just seems redundant when your main character is already a science genius. I mean, yeah. literally in this film, Shuri builds her own like walk on Iron Man suits, basically. Yeah. It's it, it it it's a mess of a film, 
I mean, it's still, you know, the scenes in Wakanda are still stunning. Um, the battle scene, I just felt was a remake of the battle scene from Aquaman. I mean, yeah, it is basically a bunch of people stand on top of a ship and have a punch. Yeah, and, and some people try and climb up the side and some people try and stop them and some people are trying to find weaknesses and some people... Are... But it is basically that fight again. Yeah. I mean, I d it didn't strike me as that specific, but I definitely felt like, oh, yes, this is another superhero fight. Yeah. Um And it, it seemed to be that same sort of um, video game design to the fight. In, in the way that the, the, the fight in Aquaman, uh, it's, oh, bring on so-and-so, bring on so-and-so, now we'll bring on the trench, blah, 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 build it up and build it up and build it up. And they were doing exactly the same thing, you know, they were end-of-level baddies to fight. Yeah, like... Everyone has their own special opponent that they fight. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. It, it felt a bit Marvel by numbers when it was being a Marvel movie. Yeah. It's again... I don't know if a lot of that is because it seemed like kind of a lot of the sort of main weight of the film was supposed to be oh look at Black Panther and Namor, they're both rulers. They're kind of two sides of the same coin. But yeah. obviously you like you don't really get that with Shuri because she's not yeah. like she's not the ruler of Wakanda. Yeah. And, I, and this is why I think maybe it'd have been better off just being delayed by a, a year or two and yeah, and just completely rewritten. Yeah, and maybe maybe be one of those that doesn't feel like it's part of a phase. Because they've managed to do that with the Ant Man ones. The, the, the Ant Man ones haven't felt like they were part of the Infinity Saga previously. Yeah, I, I guess it's just with this one because in their mind they need to like set up Reedy Williams, set up this whole like Vibranium arms race thing. Probably want to yeah. get Neymar in there. But it's again, I think it highlights the flaws of the, the MCU system of this kind of yeah. episodic no, we need to have this out. Yeah. And it... The, the question is, would it have had a knock-on effect too much if they'd have introduced Riri in a different film? Or maybe one of the TV shows. You know, it's the kind of thing that you could introduce in season two of Miss Marvel, for example. Yeah, well, I know with Riri, I think she's supposed to be in the... Is it Armour Wars? She's got to have a place in yeah. Armour Wars. She's got to have a place in that, hasn't she? So I guess they, they want to get her out before then. Yeah. But I don't know if you couldn't have just introduced her there. Because even at the end of this film, like, she's not... Because she makes a suit of armour, but then the suit of armour gets taken away from her. She's yeah. not really progressed at all. Like, 
I feel like when they bring yeah. her back, they're essentially she's, reintroducing her she, again. So she she's got a new car. That's true. She does have a new car. I'm sure that's going to be a very important plot point in Armor Wars. Is Riri having a new car? Yeah. But yeah, it. And you know, you you can't knock any of the performances. The performances are all good. Yeah, um, they're good. I would say the only thing with Namor, I think Tenokwerta Mahia does a good job. He's just not what I think of when I think of Namor. No. When I was a kid, I always used to think that Namor was what Spock did at weekends. Oh, like like his dressing up. Yeah, that you know, yeah, Monday to Friday, first officer on the Enterprise. Weekends, king of uh, king of an undersea kingdom. Now, now it all but makes he had sense. That, he had that same sort of squared, squared off fringe, didn't he? And the pointy ears and the yeah, and it's also it's the fact. That Namor's whole thing is he's like the most arrogant person in the world. And this guy he yeah. just seemed too reasonable. But moody. Yeah, kind of I mean, man, his moods sw- his mood his moods could reverse on a sixpence, couldn't they? Yes, which again is pretty Namor, but it's still not the yelling. Hi, it's me, Namor. Shut up and do what I say because I'm the king. Yeah. And that's that's why he's a fun Black Panther villain. Because Black Panther is also very, no, you shut up and do what I say because I'm the king. Could be a while before we see them uh, managing an assistant, managing a World Cup team. That's a point. Do Wakanda have a football team? I don't... Do they qualify for the Probably. World Cup? Maybe, maybe that's what Black Panther 3 is going to be about. Black Panther 3, the road to Wakanda. Yes, and by then, because we'll have Doctor Doom, it will all come down to the Wakanda Latveria World Cup final. Yeah. The island nation of Genosha got knocked out in the third round. But I think we've once again accidentally pitched a really great movie. We have, haven't we? We have. We could have Michael Sheen play Magneto. <laughs> it's, a shame. it's a shame Sportsmaster's a DC property. Oh, it's fine. We can work something out. <laughs> Time to bring back the Amalgam <laughs> brand and form an Amalgam Studios. I'll, I'll say so, something nice about this film at some point, I'm sure. But do you know what annoys me as well? They, well, they what do annoys you as well? Of those tropes that drives me really angry, which is the whole... Yeah. So Namor's the king of an undersea kingdom, and he became yeah. king in sort of like the late 1500s, and then yes. apparently just did nothing at all for hundreds of years. Yes. 
that's just that's just very lazy writing. It is. Um because usually with that kind of thing, you get some kind of academic type looking back through history and finding out that, oh, actually the the eruption on Java was actually a result of some plot of theirs or the Marie Celeste or... Yeah, yeah, you could very easily just have them be involved in like famous sea disasters. Like, yeah. Then, like, up Bermuda Triangle, that's actually just, you know, Atlanteans messing them up. That, that's that's their shield generator hub yeah, or exactly. something. Yeah, exactly, but no, they... Yeah. I mean, like, I know he says something about, oh, we've been biding our time until the right moment to... It's been hundreds of years, Namor. Do you not think that biding your time might have been, like, attacking pre-industrialization? Yeah, I mean, like... You're highly... You know, you're the fl- you're the flying serpent god. You're going to be able to take on peasants with pitch- pitchforks. You did for the conquistadors. Yeah, but like, no, did they just look at like bows and arrows? Oh, no, they they look a bit pointy. Better. Yeah. Better keep it down for now, lads. We'll just find our time until they've <laughs> got nuclear weapons. Which, in, in, in fairness, are less pointy. That's true. Maybe, maybe that's it. Maybe they should don't understand things like that. Aha! These missiles are hardly pointy at all. Now is our time to strike. <laughs> Tanks, they're positively blunt. Yeah. And again, it's maybe we could have had a bit more of something like that explaining that kind of backstory. But, yeah. again, we've had to juggle in all the T'Challa stuff and the Ironheart stuff as well. And it's it's that thing that we've spoken about time and time again on on comic book movies is they try to boil the ocean. They try to throw everything at it and end up with a a bit of a mess because none of the plot lines in this are particularly satisfying. Yeah, I mean, like, even the main one with Neymar essentially ends with him back at his base, shaking his fist, going, I'll get you next time, Gadget. I'll get you next time. And sure he is, the Inspector Gadget of Wakanda. So, you know, that works. Yeah. Also, I feel like her becoming Black Panther is a big deal up until the point where she goes, oh, about 10 minutes before the end of the film, better be Black Panther now. Okay, now I'm Black Panther. Yeah. And then that big fight where uh, you have to take part in the fight on the hillside to cement your place as Black Panther against the other people who think they should be Black Panther. Um, She didn't turn up for that. Yeah, well, I think that's not to be Black Panther. That's to be ruler of Wakanda, which I guess isn't necessarily the same thing. Just happens to be most of the time. Yeah, I think it's just as a general rule of thumb, the Black Panther is usually the ruler of Wakanda. But I guess back at the start, like T'Challa's father was king, wasn't he? And then T'Challa was Black Panther. Yeah. Yeah. But still, 
But but his father had been Black Panther before that, hadn't he? I think. Yeah, but I just mean I think you can technically be king and not Black Panther. Yeah. But anyway, so yeah, that all got that all got a bit confusing. Yeah, I guess. So does that mean that Mbaku is the ruler now? I don't know. It's again, like many things in this film, it would have been nice if they'd explained that a bit more. Yeah. I mean, it's not like they had didn't have the time. Yeah. So, um, what else can we say? Don't get me wrong. I've enjoyed watching Martin Freeman in a lot of things. Oh, Martin Freeman's in this MCU. movie, isn't he? But the MCU's not one of them. I just can't see the point of Agent Ross. No, he's... Other than other than that Doctor Who companion trope of got to get captured. Yeah, like... Like, in the first film, he was mostly pointless, but kind of was sort of a bit of an audience surrogate where you can explain things to yeah. him. But in this, yeah. he's just... There's well, this is why I didn't mention him in the synopsis. He adds nothing to this film. No, but gets a lot of screen time to do it in. Yeah. Relatively speaking. Well, but it's very important that we watch him go for a morning run, I guess. Yeah. And obviously we kind of introduce um, Julia Dreyfus's character again. That we haven't really seen since the end of Black Widow. Yeah, the Contessa. Contessa. Yeah, she She's very much just occasionally shows up to go, hi everyone, I'm going to be important eventually, don't forget about me. At, at some point I will be absolutely central to the plot of something, but for now, I'm just going to be tacked on. I'm not even going to interact with major characters, just the, like, you know. Yeah, and really the whole making her, like, Ross's ex-wife just seems like the most desperate. How can we shoehorn her into yes. this? I mean, that was like, what? I mean, ex-boss, yes, I could understand. Um, Ex-college sweetheart, perhaps. But ex-wife? Yeah, it's just—it's almost that indescribable thing where you just you look at those two characters and you just go, "Nah, nah." It wouldn't, um, nah, no. Nope. <sighs> so, was there anything like? Uh, I thought it looked good. It did look pretty. Yeah, like once again, Wakanda, as you said, visually stunning. Uh, liked all the bright yeah. colors. Like, uh, yeah. You're attracted to shiny things, aren't you? I, I am. I'm basically just like a magpie. Yeah. Oh, Michaela Cole's character had a very nice house. Yes. Uh, no, I think it's gone. I think that's it. I think I've covered all the good things about um, Wakanda Forever. Oh, I did have a second nitpick corner as well. Nitpick corner. So, if if the Tertalocanians, just to give them their proper... Oh, Atlanteans. 
But an Atlantis, if they're a Mayan, Mayan civilization who speaks Spanish, yeah. why is it, apart from to awkwardly shoehorn a comics reference in, that Namor's catchphrase is translated as Imperious Rex? Uh, good, good point. Well presented. Yeah, because surely the, the translation for that should be whatever the English for it is like, I think I am the king or something like that. Yes. But no, it's just they've literally put that in because Imperious Rex is what he yells in the comics. Imperious Rex, isn't that basically king of an empire? Or king and emperor. Yeah, that might be it. Or emperor king, perhaps. Rex is definitely king. Yeah. And imperious is like empire, so, I, so yeah. yeah, it's probably emperor and king or something. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Um, oh, no, actually, that reminds me as well. Oh, what? J Third Nick Pick. Nitpick corner. Do -do 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 -do. Nitpick corner. Literally, what is the point of that whole thing of going, oh, I was named Namor, the child without love? Like, that. His name is just Namor. It, we don't need to explain why his name is Namor. No. Um, so, also, one of his sidekicks is called Namora. The female version of the child without love. Why would you do that to her? Yeah, I mean, I, I guess maybe by the time she was born, it's kind of one of those things where the original meaning for Namor has been lost, and now it's just, oh, we're going to name her after our king because he's he's tops. Yeah. <laughs> the child without love. It's very silly, isn't it? It is. It's like, it reminds me of a film I assume you haven't seen, so Star Wars Story. No, it's I haven't seen pains. Solo, a Star Wars Story. Which is strange, being as you are a massive Star Wars fan. To be honest, it's... scarily the only one of the Star Wars films I haven't seen. Yeah, well, there you go. It's actually all right. But anyway, there's a scene in that film where it turns out Han Solo, his name isn't actually Han Solo, his name's just Han. And then one of the Empire people is like, well, you're by yourself, so I'm going to call you Han Solo. Right. And again, what is the point of that? I, um, I got the Lego Star Wars Skywalker saga on Game Pass the other day. And apparently one of the challenges is to find the wandering Wookiee. Oh, fun. In every level, there is a wandering Wookiee. Just, just oh. ambling about. But those are the sounds you were making while watching this film. <laughs> yes. Yes, they were. So, uh, I suppose then... Are you absolutely sure you can't wring any other ounce of joy out of this film? I mean, there were two hours and 50 minutes of it. Some of the music was quite good. 
Was it yeah. just me or when we were ca- when when we were touring through Shuri's eyes, the undersea kingdom of Unatlantis? Were you not a, li- a little bit disappointed that there wasn't a octopus percussionist? Yes. <laughs> and also that there wasn't like a Jamaican crab singing yeah. about what was going on. <laughs> but I will say... I th- oh, that could be a Disney mashup, couldn't it? The Adventures of Nemo and Ariel. I mean, I guess Shuri is a Disney princess. Yeah. As his layer. God, we could get some very weird mashups. Mm. But yeah, I will say, I think, like, especially the actual acting around people mourning for T'Challa, I think, obviously, was very good and had, like, a lot of weight to it. Mm. Yeah. But again, it's also this kind of leads on to a problem I have with the film, is I think it's quite hard to go from oh yes, you can tell there's a lot of genuine emotion behind these people who are very sad about the death of their friend to, yeah. and here, treated with equal dramatic weight, the angry fish man is worried that people are stealing his made up Yes. Yeah. Um, and I did, do you know, it, it, it may sound cynical of me, but it almost smacks of like if Wakanda Forever got an Oscar, it'd be awarded posthumously to Chadwick Boseman. Yeah, yeah, I, I definitely. Some of the bits did have that kind of uncomfortable undertone of, okay, are we going from touching tribute to we are trying to milk this for critical acclaim now? Yeah. Yeah. Because. It's again, if if we haven't mentioned it enough times, corporations are evil. They are. Even the nice ones. I mean, well, even the ones that pretend to be outwardly nice. Yes. But uh yes, it's it's a bit over the top, the the outpouring of grief. And like I said, you know, no disrespect to Chadwick, he did a fine job in many, many, many projects, out, both in and outside of the MCU. But it was a bit full on. Yeah, so the inner would it have been this full on if Disney th- didn't think they could get more ticket sales out of kind of essentially leveraging Chadwick Boseman's legacy like that. Yeah. Suppose we ought to rank it. Yeah. On on that happy note, let's move on to the rankings. (laughs) So, going to be putting this on our list of 1 to 46, going from History of Violence at the top to Spawn all the way at the bottom. Right. And I think, I mean, to be fair, I think as down as we've been on this film, I don't think it belongs in the same category of like the absolute poo films that we've watched. Like, I don't think it's a Spawn. It's not a Morbius. It's not like a Nick Fury. 
It's longer than 30 it days of night. It's longer than 30 days of night. I mean, it's got to go above it, though, right? Because I, I can't see us putting this below Captain America, the 1990 film, especially because I've just remembered in that film, they also refer to Namor and they call him the Submariner. That's not, he's Namor the Submariner. So on that basis, on that tiny basis of comic book correctness, you're going to put it above Captain America. Yes. Mick, we've had okay, three nitpick corners this episode. Of course I'm going to be incredibly pedantic. That's nitpick corner. So yeah, moving up a bit then, we've got 2003's Hulk at 38, Green Lantern Beware My Power at 37, and Edge of Tomorrow at 36. I'd put it above Edge of Tomorrow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What's above what was before Edge of Tomorrow? Um Dream what's below it on the list or above it on the list? Well, if that it, 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 you said Edge of Tomorrow was thirty six. What's thirty five? Uh, actually thirty five is the Snyder Kurtz. And surely just by length. We've got to give it to Wakanda. <laughs> it a... Yeah, yeah. It's got to go in a, above the Justice League yeah. Snyder Cut. Oh, actually, this makes it an interesting one for you then, Mick, because at number 34, we've got oh. Eternals. And I know you very much don't like oh. that film. Yeah, I dislike this one less. Yeah, actually, I'd, I'm tempted to maybe the more we talk about the more just shouldn't book on forever a little bit because then we've got the likes of like wonder woman 84 venom 2 catwoman hunted it's actually quite a lot of things that don't hang together very well it is that that seems to be a common theme with like the bottom of the list uh, yeah uh well at number 30 we've got batman returns and I, I, I feel like i'd be happy putting this under batman returns yeah What's, what, what's the next one after Batman Returns? Uh, Atomic Blonde. I'd, I'd, I'd definitely put Atomic Blonde above Wakanda Forever. Yeah. So what's next after Atomic Blonde? Right, the problem is you're using terms that aren't good. So, Atomic Blonde is 29, Batman Returns is 30. Right. And I'd, I'd probably put it under those, I think. Okay, so what's after Batman Then it's Returns? Catwoman Hunted. Right. Which I think kind of ought to go in its own list and we ought to have a separate animated one. I mean, or maybe animated films should just be better. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's unfair, though, isn't it? Because they don't attract the sort of star talent for minor roles, do they? Would you get Martin Freeman playing Agent Ross in uh, an animated S.H.I.E.L.D. series, for example? Yeah, I mean, I, I guess that's a bit unbelievable. It would be like Marvel doing some kind of animated series where they got all their big name actors, like your Chris Evans's, your Tom Hiddleston's, your uh, 
maybe Hayley Atwell's, maybe even getting Chadwick Yeah, I Coles. know they did that. I, I know they did that with What If, but What If was kind of a departure, wasn't it? If you look at other Marvel animateds, they used the same voice actors as the supporting cast in the DC Animated Universe. The DC Animated Universe has a few named actors that play key parts yeah, occasionally. I, I, just, I think this is a conversation better had for when we watch an animated film that's actually good. Yeah. So, anyway. Let's... Uh, Yes, let's go above Catwoman Hunters. Okay, so that means Wakanda Forever is going to be our new 31. Hey! Which, of course, makes Spawn our new 47. It does indeed. And that's that's no bad thing. Yeah, just remember, the more we rank, the closer that gets pushed down to hell. Yes. Only to come back as a servant of uh, retribution. Oh no, what what if we do one day wake up just to find that that's now like risen up to number one through dark magic? Yeah, yeah. Right. Right. What should we do next? Um, end the show? That seems reasonable. Seems fair. So, I think that's about it from us. If you want. Oh, oh, oh! I've just had a realization. I can now be the co-host. Oh, great, you can. Yeah, carry on, crack on. I'll be the co-host now. Right, great. You've, you've been about as helpful. Well, no, I, I suppose Shuri did sort of beat Neymar up a bit, didn't she? Yeah, I tried to refrain myself from doing that. I mean, you can give it a go. He is quite... Actually, surely, if anything, you're like more of an Aquaman than a Black Panther. I'll take that. I don't know what it means, but it's, it's maybe a No, comment. I'm not. Possibly. That's definitely about it for us now, I think. Yes. If you want to listen to more, you can find all our episodes on the feed or wherever you get your podcasts. And if you subscribe to the show, you'll make sure you never miss an episode. If you want to get in touch, our email is beholdpod at gmail.com or you can follow us on Twitter at beholdpod. Also, if you're a fan, we'd really appreciate it if you left us a review on your podcast app of choice or recommended us to a friend. It's the best way for us to grow as a show and reach you listeners. And that's everything. So until next time, I've been Andrew. And I've been Mick on my journey to becoming co-host. So long and thanks for listening. 